Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Special Ed Rising, the podcast, No Parent Left Behind, the show that speaks to parents and caregivers about the world of special needs and special education. If you crave knowledge, support, and a dash of different, then you've come to the right place. I'm Mark, your host. Thank you so much for joining me and including me in your day. I hope you find this podcast informative and reassuring, giving you the boost to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love and outpouring of goodness and positive role modeling for your children. Always keep you and your mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health in mind. Health in these areas will allow you to be all you hope to be for them. In this episode, I want to take a look at the benefits of incorporating exercise and sensory integration activities into the routines of your special needs child. I've seen firsthand the positive impact they have on my students when making them part of their daily programs. We will address how to do this in your home, plus the many ways your child can gain in terms of behavior, communication, attention, and more, and suggest some equipment to help make this happen. Afterwards, stay tuned for today's special needs trivia to test your prowess and my good news community share, where you'll hear some positive news happening in the world of special needs and special education. So plug in and turn on, and let's jam to another win. I am naturally inclined towards exercise and physical pursuits in order to keep my mind and body healthy. I've benefited during times of high anxiety and stress from partaking in physically challenging undertakings such as boxing, running, and lifting weights. These are activities that ask a lot from my body and my mind to overcome the intrinsic feelings of exhaustion from extending myself, soreness from overworked muscles, and any negative feelings I might have about needing to push myself. The rewards are evidenced in how I am more alert, focused, happy, and calm after exertion. This approach to living is something that I know works for me, and without these endeavors supporting me, I know that I don't function close to my highest potential, and that can result in my feeling tired, lazy, and unmotivated, leading to eating poorly, interrupted sleep, and becoming depressed from the stresses of the day-to-day. As a teacher, especially a teacher of students whose focus, feelings, and behaviors suffer from an insufficient understanding of what's happening within them and without, and who often lack the ability to verbally express it. I've learned the important place that exercise and sensory integration has in a neurodevelopmentally challenged child. For many of the same reasons that I and other neurotypical and non-physically challenged people reap the advantages of exercise, the same can be said for special needs children and adults. But this idea of exercise as a therapeutic strategy isn't obvious to every teacher or parent. During my early years in the classroom, I was included into the advantages of my students attending a physical education class, or gym, other than to have fun, let out some energy, and let off some steam. I initially taught higher-functioning deaf students with some varying degrees of learning disabilities, and because they were cognitive of seeing themselves in relation to their peers, gym class could become quite competitive, and so it took on a different meaning in my mind. I saw the physical health benefits, but didn't consider much more. It wasn't until my classroom makeup began to include students facing greater cognitive and emotional obstacles did I come to understand the direct connection between exercise and sensory integration 
and the increased concentration in academics and improved behaviors for my autistic and ADHD kids. It was then that I began to appreciate the value of incorporating movement and sensory integration activities into my students' schedules at the beginning and end of the school days. From educationalplay.com, the sensory activities allow children to refine their thresholds for different sensory information, helping their brain to create stronger connections to process and respond to sensory information. I had witnessed and read about the benefits of an obstacle course, and my plan was to set one up each morning in the gym. The course itself would vary day to day in some way or another. There were objects to climb on and through, equipment for bouncing, scooters to scoot around on, balls to throw and kick, and pads to roll on and in for proprioceptive feedback. For those of you who are not familiar with that term, proprioception is the ability to sense your body's position and movement in the environment. From thebump.com, processing proprioceptive information can be learned through activities that focus sensations on joints and involve resistance to muscles such as lifting, pushing, and pulling heavy objects, including one's own body weight. From lovetoknow.com, benefits of using an obstacle course for children with autism are great, and the project does more than offer gross motor activities. This type of activity can address a number of issues, and the treatment team can incorporate specific goals into the plan. The course can be altered to suit children of different ability levels. I scheduled these sessions for the first thing in the morning for 15 to 20 minutes. Not only was this something for the students to look forward to, but was intended to help them transition into the school day and settle their bodies in order to be able to function on a level of greater potential in the classroom. I never collected data to prove that what I was seeing was actually doing what I had hoped it would do, but I observed it clearly. The reduction in physical assaults during a meltdown, acceptance of demands, improved listening, calmer walking, reduction in stims, and a more pleasant demeanor were the things that stood out and were constantly in focus. The more I observed the success of certain activities, I would substitute lesser successful ones out and try new ones. Success is contingent upon levels of ability and preference for activity, thus it's very individual and not all activities will have the same impact, so you need to be always evaluating and making decisions to maximize the experience for your child. From lovetoknow.com, select activities according to the child's behavior as well. For example, a child who engages in excessive hand flapping may benefit from a station that allows her to shake maracas or pom-poms. At home, you don't have the problem of having to facilitate multiple kids, typically. However, the same attention to detail is asked of you. From an article entitled, Intense Exercise as a Change Agent for Improving Functional Outcomes in Children with Sensory Processing Challenges by Amy Whedon and Randall Federick, difficulty processing sensory input can significantly impact a child's ability to remain regulated for completion of daily activities. A basic explanation of sensory processing, also referred to as sensory integration, is the neurological process that organizes sensations from one's body and from the environment and makes it possible to use the body effectively in the environment. Ayers, 1989. I've had several students throughout the years who could have benefited from a sensory-oriented exercise schedule. As I eventually clued into the advantage this practice gave the students, it was a no-brainer to formally schedule it into the day. What solidified this belief for me was when I had a student on the spectrum who was about 10 years old and very irritable when things didn't go his way. It was like a switch being turned on. 
If a request was met with anything other than a yes, I was assured to see a bull scraping the dirt with his hoof, rear up and charge straight at me. Screams, wild arm punches, kicking, taking down furniture and removing his shirt with a menu du jour. During the meltdown, I would turn the charges away over and again until he became tired. If he decided to ransack the room, I would practice planned ignoring and try not to stop him. I would suggest things to knock over and he would stop and look at me. I know that sounds a little unorthodox. It was at those times, though, when he rarely, if ever, took down that object because I was too agreeable. He might seek an alternative, but such suggestions also took some steam out of him because he wasn't getting the reaction he wanted. Once the meltdown was over and he was overtaken by exhaustion, the tears would start and he would lay on the floor or try to wrap in my arms. I told him it was all right, and when he was ready, he would have to clean up the room. He always did, and apologized. He was an amazing child. The, the growth over the course of a few years I had the good fortune to teach him was incredible. Consistency of approach, latitude in letting out the proverbial rope for him to explore and find his feet, and understanding what his body needed in order to organize itself were the keys. The morning and afternoon movements and proprioceptive feedback played a huge role in focusing him and creating a more cooperative, respectful, communicative, and motivated student. From the National Library of Medicine, a study entitled Efficacy of Sensory Interventions on School Participation of Children with Sensory Disorders, a Systematic Review, reported that difficulties in the treatment and integration of sensory information are common for many children with a neurological diagnosis. Sensory-based and sensory-motor approaches aim to increase the child's engagement in school activities and to improve behaviors that have impacts on learning. One moderate-quality study used aerobic exercise with autistic spectrum disorder children and showed an improvement in the production of correct academic responses. But with the use of a platform swing, results from a moderate-quality study differ regarding the production of correct academic responses. Two moderate quality studies investigated the effect of therapy balls in children with ADHD and showed positive results, one on the Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder test score and the other on writing legibility. Conclusions varied and were discovered to be contingent upon level of disability, medications, and it must be considered that the same modality can be used in several ways to achieve different objectives because they can be used according to several approaches that have different aims. For example, a tunnel can provide a place of comfort because it's closed on the sides. This enclosed feeling can be like a a hug to relax the body. A tunnel also asks the child to crawl over and through. A balance beam can work on balance, focus, and putting one foot in front of the other. Multiple purposes for multiple objects. Some activities for obstacle courses for kids include dribbling a ball, putting balls in a container, a balance beam, jump rope, push a train or a car, bowling pins, ride a tricycle, slide, step in and out of a box, step between the rungs of a ladder, walk on chalk footprints, or shake pom-poms. Some sensory organizing activities to try could be wall push-ups with hands and feet, jumping on a trampoline, popcorn jumps, that's jumping from a squat position and then landing back in a squat position wheelbarrow walking, crawling through tunnels, passing the weighted balls, and resistance bands. 
I've added light weights, kicking soccer balls, and hitting balls with a bat. Numerous studies exist within the body of scholarly research that demonstrate the positive effect of therapeutic exercise on improved performance in populations with special needs. Silva et al. in 2015 conducted a study on the effects of acute physical exercise on the concentration abilities of younger children ages 10 to 16 diagnosed with ADHD. Results generally indicated that subjects with ADHD who engage in physical activity before an executive functioning task performed better than when not engaged in physical activity and even performed better than subjects who did not have ADHD who did and did not participate in physical activity. There's a significant body of research on treatment interventions for children with ASD, including several studies that investigate exercise as an intervention tool for improving behavior. Conclusions highlight that generally increasing physical activity levels of individuals with ASD is beneficial, not only for physical health, but for decreasing maladaptive behavior and improving adaptive behavior and academic performance. Lang et al. 2010. At home, you may not think you have the equipment to accomplish an obstacle course or to set up stations of activities, but there are DIY ideas that achieve your goals on a budget. Some examples for this uh, from thebump.com are hop 10 times down the sidewalk, walk backward around a mailbox, frog jump five times across front, the front yard, wheelbarrow if somebody is there to help, skip around the house, somersaults, spinning, finish with authentic praise, a high five or a chest bump, crab walk down the hall, or try other walks you can use with facial expressions, mannerisms, and sounds. Think sea crawl, bear walk, frog hop, elephant walk with trunk raising and lowering, and bunny hop. Lunge walk across the room. Hop on one leg from the bedroom to the kitchen. Walk with flat feet or walk on heels with toes up. This is really beneficial for children with special needs who have propensity to toe walk. Obstacle courses are great for providing experience with both verbal and physical connection. For example, you can choose activities that demonstrate the difference between big and small steps. Determine the goal or goals that you would like to see achieved by adding in scheduled exercise like an obstacle course. If you can plan it with your child, all the better. Participation gives ownership and can increase self-esteem, fuel maturity, communication, develop a work ethic, organize thoughts, improve sequencing skills, and create a feeling of joy at contributing to something that is accepted and applauded by you. I will attach some DIY resources on the resource page of my website, as well as more information related to today's topic. There will be days, just like there are for us, when energy levels are lower and your child's motivations to exert themselves are underwhelming. That's okay. Always offer and keep to your routines and schedules. These are the core approaches to ultimately making lasting inroads in your child's development. As a last note to you, adding exercise to your life will help to relieve stress and feelings of depression and lost hope. A healthy, vibrant you means you're taking care of the most important person in your child's life. I think that's worth the effort in whatever form exercise can take in your life. Today's trivia segment has three questions. What? Three? 
That's right. So put in your thinking caps and get those Google fingers ready. Here we go. Number one. The change in an environment to which a body responds is called A, a stimulus, B, a response, C, a retina, or D, a ligament. Number two. Why are sensory activities important to students with autism, ADHD, and sensory processing disorders? Is it A, sensory activities help these students create new neural pathways to connect experiences and respond to them in a more typical way and cope when dealing with difficult experiences? Is it B, sensory activities help these students try something new? C, sensory activities help these students make friends? Or is it D, Sensory activities help these students learn how to calm themselves down when they feel stressed. Number three. What is an example of proprioception? Is it A, feeling a soft blanket? B, balancing a book on your head? C, crossing your legs while sitting in a chair without looking? Or D, listening to ocean sounds on headphones? Good luck. And you'll find the answers to these questions on my community share page of my website. Today's good news community share comes from Disability Scoop by way of DustinDynastyUSA.com and is entitled Top Companies Seek Workers with Autism by Sean Heasley. Major employers, including Microsoft, Google, Freddie Mac, and more, are part of a newly launched job search platform directly aimed at recruiting employees with autism and other neurological differences. The career portal, known as the Neurodiversity Career Connector, debuted last week. This article was printed on May 3, 2022. It's intended to connect neurodivergent job seekers with openings at companies that have neurodiversity hiring programs in place. The platform already features dozens of jobs, many of which are open to workers located across the U.S. at Dell Technologies, Google, Travelers, IBM, Microsoft, Salesforce, Freddie Mac, HP, Ford, Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, Bank of America, Prudential, SAP, and elsewhere. The site was developed by the Neurodiversity at Work Employer Roundtable, a group of nearly 50 companies with neurodiversity hiring programs. Those behind the site said, Participating employers are looking to tap talent with autism, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, dyspraxia, dyslexia, dyscalculia, Tourette syndrome, and similar conditions. Neurodiverse individuals possess key competencies that are increasingly valuable to companies such as strong problem-solving skills and unconventional thinking, said Jill Houghton, president and CEO of Disability Colon IN, or IN, a nonprofit previously known as the U.S. Business Leadership Network, which helps facilitate the employer roundtable. A growing number of companies are seeking the value that diversity inclusiveness brings to a company. And that's why Disability Inn is proud to support the Neurodiversity at Work Roundtable and help companies activate programs that work to hire neurodivergent candidates. Cheers to you.
I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics close to your heart and welcome fresh and informative insights into areas that are new to you. It's an honor to have you tune in and a pleasure to share with you. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Special Ed Rising and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like the show, please let me know by leaving a review at the bottom of the podcast feed and telling a friend. You can contact me directly with questions through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com. Also, let me know what you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising. (music) 